You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant, with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show. Today on the James Altucher Show. Welcome to our new series, Idea List of the Day, where we take the best list of 10 ideas on notepad.com, N-O-T-E-P-D.com. We go down the ideas and see if they're good or bad. So let's check out the first idea list, which is going to be top 10 business ideas that I had on my idea list of a few weeks ago. As many of you know, for the past 10 or 15 years, I've been writing about how when I was super down and out, super depressed, going broke, losing everything, losing my home, I randomly picked up a waiter's pad and every day I started writing 10 new ideas a day. And for the past 10, 15 years, people have been saying to me, why don't you make a website where you could keep track of your ideas and other people could keep track of their ideas. Again, if you know what I've written in several of my books, writing 10 ideas a day has helped me in so many ways, has created so many opportunities for me. It got me out of my depression that I was in back then when I was going broke. It's helped me build businesses. It's helped me write books, connect with everybody from the people at Google and Amazon to people who've become my good friends, to podcast guests, to everything. And it's just changed my life. And so we created this website, Notepad, that's N-O-T-E-P-D.com, notepad.com. And now it exists and it's just beginning. So feel free to try it out. Go to notepad.com and try it out. And you could keep, you could look at all the idea lists of, and search idea lists of everybody who's on there. And once a day, we'll do this podcast where we have uh, Jay, Robin, Paulo, and me on the podcast, and we'll talk about whatever the idea list of the day is. And this is the first one. So I kind of insisted we pick an idea list that I did. And Jay thinks I'm super arrogant. I mean, but, it's the ego, you know? <laughs> but I just, I want, I want some, and, and Robin was saying, don't share your good ideas. So I want to uh, address that real quickly, which is that, I'm not going to be able, the whole thing about these idealists is to exercise the idea muscle and the creativity muscle so it doesn't atrophy and so that you get more and more creative. I can't implement 
all of my ideas and 99% of ideas we've had, it's all about exercise. And if someone is really super excited about one of these businesses, they should do it. Cause I'm probably not going to do any of them. I've done in the past 20 years of writing idealists, I've done three businesses. <laughs> so it's not like I've done 12,000 businesses because that's how many ideas. And I don't always write about business ideas. I have plenty of other lists, as you'll see on the site, you can have all sorts of idealists, but anyway, we're going to talk about 10 new business ideas. And I even date this one February 15th because I, I want to see how my thinking changes as I write more idealists that include businesses. First off, I just want to say again, the purpose is this is just to exercise the brain. It's not necessarily that these are like great business ideas. B, most of these ideas are probably bad. I don't judge them while I write them, but I just try to make them hard enough that it's legit because always, as you'll notice, as you write idealists, by idea number seven, your brain starts to sweat. And that's the challenge is to, just like Mike Tyson says when he's doing push-ups, he only starts counting when it starts to hurt. So it's really at number seven, it starts to hurt. And seven, eight, nine, ten 10 are the, the hard ones. Point C, which we already talked about, feel free to steal ideas and give me no credit. Uh, if I decide to do these ideas, I better be better than you if you stole my idea or else I should lose. And D, if you do want to include me and make any of the, uh, these ideas, let me know and maybe I can help. So you guys ready for no. idealists? Not uh, that one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's start the list. 10 news business idea. Can we start though at number two for No, no, we can start with the one that I'm sure <laughs> is a billion dollar idea. Whoever does this, and I have experience in this space. So I, in, in both aspects of this space. So this is like an example of idea sex. So Ticketmaster meets crypto <laughs> and it's the NFT version of Ticketmaster. So basically the basic idea is this. And I was talking with Mark Laurie on the podcast about doing this for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Cause he just bought that basketball team. But essentially the idea is this, if, if the New York Yankees sell me a ticket and let's say they sell me a ticket for a hundred dollars. Then I sell it to a scalper for $200. Then the scalper sells it to Jay for $500. The New York Yankees only makes that first hundred dollars. They don't make any money on the next two, three, 10 transactions of that same ticket. But with an NFT, they won't care about scalpers because they'll make a royalty. You know, that part of the idea for those who don't know what NFTs are or, or don't know all the details. One of the ideas of NFTs is that artists, or anybody who's selling an NFT makes money on every time that NFT is sold, not just once. Like if Vincent van Gogh's family or his estate made money every time one of his great paintings are sold, they would have millions of dollars. Instead, he died broke and his family is still broke probably because they don't make any money on, on it. But now if, if, if all tickets were NFTs, then every venue, every sports team, every musician, would make money, much more money on ticket sales. And, uh, uh, and also by the way, there would be no forgery of tickets and maybe the NFTs can provide future access to team memorabilia. So there's more incentives to buy and sell. And if, if the value of a team, like, let's say you're selling season tickets, if the value of a team goes up or if they're about to win, you know, maybe they started off as the last team in the league and then they're going to be, it looks like they're going to start to be in the world series the value of those tickets, season tickets might go up. So the NFT value goes up and people are selling them and the team keep, makes more money. This would be a huge money maker for sports teams. Right. And, and I'm convinced 
whoever. Oh, sorry, Jay, go ahead. Yeah, because I mean, speaking about on the on the sports team, to be honest, I think the player can benefit from this too. So, like, the bet players can you know potentially partner with Ticketmaster. It's like, hey, yeah, you can sponsor my sports team, but if you put my face on top of that too. You give me a certain cut when you sell the NFTs, and they can trade the NF- NFTs because of the player. So people love to trade. You know how the the sport cards with yeah. players, yeah, uh, those yeah. are trading more. So like, you know, the player will get more money that, too. That's a great idea. So you can combine like baseball cards with yeah. the tickets. So you can yeah. put you can put a player's photo and stats on a ticket, so that could be traded almost like playing cards. And by the way, someone just sent me an email. Um, the, who keeps track of the playing card market? Um, Is hold that on one second. No, no. But <laughs> I think I think he does keep track of that. Uh, no, he does. Yeah. No, there's a a really good uh, newsletter, the Alts A L T S, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to see if I can find it. They should do the NFT tickets master for programmer as well. I feel like programmer is like the most underappreciated uh, worker out there that deserves some fame. You know, after we watch Silicon Valley, we know how. Oh yeah, how that's a good point. Things. Yeah. By the way, that's a good point. Like NFTs could be a way to make a playing card business out of any industry that you're interested in. Yeah. But um, let me see. I'm just googling trading cards market, and uh, uh, there is a stock market for trading cards. It's called Star Stock, and like for instance, you could buy a piece of like a Mickey Mantle baseball card from the 1950s. For like a small amount, you could buy like a. a oh, what? Yeah, really. Um, but I want to see our. Uh, and also the NBA, uh, the NBA has some uh, equivalent of digital cards, right? I think it's called NBA yep. Top Shot or something, right? Which has become huge. Yeah. So there definitely. Oh, oh be... yeah, I didn't know about that. Top Shot, it's called. Yeah, yeah, I'll look it up. Uh, NBA. And what? Top and what can you do with I, that? I, you know, I actually don't know. Uh, I am not even sure if it's actually crypto or no. It may actually be even uh, kind of uh, on the uh, blockchain, but it's some uh, sort of uh, equivalent digitalization, let's say, of trading cards. So it looks like Price Waterhouse Coopers actually keeps track of an index from 1888 to 1999. Oh no, no, sorry, they keep track of an index from the beginning of trading cards to now. So since 2008, trading cards in, in for sports have gone up 1,276% since January 2008, and the S&P 500 has gone up 230%. So PricewaterhouseCoopers, I guess they keep track of the top 100 cards. So the f- number one is the 1952 Topps Mickey Mantle baseball card. Number 22 is 1952 Willie Mays. Here's... I don't even know who this guy is. Nineteen uh, number nineteen is nineteen eighty Ricky Henderson. I have no idea who that is. Uh, here's number sixteen is Jackie Robinson. Anyway, the index of baseball cards has gone up five times as much or more, almost six times as much as the S and P five hundred. So they're making an argument that. So Jay, to your point, to add to this idea, it's a great idea. I should write this down in the comment for the yeah, idea. Sure. Uh, and Robin, this is why we talk about ideas because again. None of us are going to make this idea, but maybe someone will. Now we've just added to the idea, and, and these ideas will increase our the value of our lives. By the way, and then someone asked me once, well, won't Ticketmaster just do this? How can you do it? Won't Ticketmaster do it? Ticketmaster has, is not in the business of building new technology. They're in the business of signing up new celebrities and new venues and stuff like that. Like I once, The reason why I say I had an experience with this is I once invested in a company called Ticketfly, and... 
they were trying to create a social media version of Ticketmaster. So a venue who uses Ticketfly could, could had could make tickets, but also those knowledge about those tickets would be spread all throughout social media. And then some company, I forget who actually, bought Ticketfly for like four hundred million. Oh yeah, some uh, someone bought it, but uh, I I really can't I can't remember. But it think, was it was like a huge uh, company too. Yeah, I think even bright, even bright. Oh, that bright. Okay, yeah. yeah. So. Whoever builds the NFT Ticketmaster is going to make a billion dollars. I have no doubt. Yeah, it has to be in every industry. You know, programming, uh, baseball, or or NBA, or even colleges. You know, colleges can create their own studio for NFTs. You know? But wait, what would be the ticketing in colleges other than oh, for sports events? Uh, prompt. Prom? Okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if there's a lot of scalpers. Like, hey, man, do you have like an extra ticket to prom? <laughs> <laughs> you do it like on some side alley. That would be good for like universities for college basketball and well, I oh yeah, say that yeah. Oh, yeah. There are scalpers for that. Like, what, Robin? What were you telling me about Duke? Uh, yep. How do people get tickets to Duke right now? For the Duke, Duke basketball is like extremely popular. Well, oh. for the kids, like for our daughter Lily, she has to wait uh, in like uh, she has to camp for two weeks in line. What? <laughs> Why? To get a ticket. And because this is so popular, Coach K is, it's his last year. And so uh, they're like super, like everyone wants to go to his, coach. yeah, mm -hmm. to all the games. But um, you can also buy them on Ticketmaster or whatever, but you know, they're going to be $3,500 or, you know. And again, a lot Duke of money. doesn't benefit from that at all. And Duke doesn't probably doesn't sponsor that team at all, right? Do they? What do you mean sponsor? They're not sponsored by like put some money to to the basketball team. I'm sure they do, but oh yeah, like hundred percent. Oh, yeah, Duke, Duke really? basketball is bigger than Duke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like sure. the, the only sometimes the only reason some colleges exist is for their sports yeah. teams. <laughs> right. <laughs> and Duke I think has usually one of the, best the, the, the football coaches are the most uh, the highest paid people in the university, right? Holy yeah. shit! Yeah. Really? Except, oh, except yeah. Duke. Now wait, Paulo, in Europe, <laughs> Which is in when basketball. you say football. When you say football, are you talking about soccer, soccer. or football? No, well, well, uh, now I'm talking football as in American football. Uh, yeah. If I were talking about, uh, you know, Europe, it would be, yeah, I'll, be, I'll call football, football soccer. soccer. But uh, okay. the thing is that uh, here, there's no kind of sports in universities, or at least uh, not at the level in the U.S., right? Yeah, they, it's it's right. completely disassociated. Like, uh, right. I know those people get, oh, a a football scholarship to get into a good university right. like in Europe Sculling. it's uh, yeah. it's unheard of. Yeah. So this is this is how I differentiate between UK and America, right? You know, to get into good uh university in America, you just you have to be really good at sport. You have to good if you want to get into good colleges in UK, you just have to read Harry Potter. What, what do you mean? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you just have to like study books, you know. Oh yeah, I agree. Oh, yeah. I well, this this will You're definitely so be funny. This will definitely be another idea list of the day, which is yeah, from and, Jay. <laughs> and and I challenge anybody to to write an idea list. Ten reasons education is a scam. So by Jay, <laughs> yes. But then again, I shouldn't say that, Paulo. Congratulations, you just got your PhD in rocket science, right? Like, what was your rocket yeah, science? Was was exactly rocket science. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That was well, what what area of physics? Uh, well, technically, it was um, basically quantum physics. So we did uh, something wow. called uh, atomic and laser physics. Something right. simple yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. Do Do you read Harry Potter for it? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was my my dissertation was on the yeah. on Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. 
the 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 quantum intricacies of Harry Potter and how <laughs> it affects the plot. Yeah, actually, that does remind me of a joke. Like, there's a joke that um, everybody uh, pretends to love Stephen Hawking's book, A Brief History of Time, which is his most. You know, Stephen Hawking was the obviously the one of the most famous physicists ever. He wrote this best-selling book, A Brief History of Time, but it was a lot more complicated than people think to read that book. And so Stephen Hawking, so the joke is Stephen Hawking says to someone, I don't know why everybody loves A Brief History of Time. I mean, yes, the first chapter was had physics, but the rest was just Harry Potter fan fiction. <laughs> but no one notices because they only read the first chapter and then they claim that they right. love the book. So... Um, Anyway, what about second idea? Okay, next idea. And I, the more I look at this one, the more I realize it's not a good idea, but I'll say it anyway. Oh. Um, so this one's called Alpha Insurance. And get it, AI, Alpha Insurance. And so it's AI-based insurance. So what happens is uh, insurance companies, you, everybody would obviously like to pay lower insurance rates, and insurance companies would love to insure people who are lower risk. So what the insurance company does is very passively and privately reads your emails. Uh, and by privately means, you know, they don't share your emails or no one could look at the emails. It's just software that's reading your emails. And then it determines by your emails, if you are a higher risk or lower risk on whatever it is you're trying to insure. And now how would they determine that? They would basically do a, a test first, or they would, they would run an experiment where they would take 10,000 people say, and read everybody's emails for a year. And then at the end of the year, determine, you know, divide the 10,000 people up into 5,000 who are high risk and 5,000 who are low risk, or in some way, maybe divide into 10 groups who are high risk and low risk. Then they would use AI to determine what characteristics in the email stood out for the high risk people and what characteristics in the email stood out for the low risk people. Like maybe, maybe it turned out the low risk people had more grammatical mistakes, or maybe the low risk people uh, sent more emails to their family or had the word love more often in their emails. And maybe the high risk people talked more about work or talked about business or, or obviously talked more about drugs and, you know, drug use. So, so now they could determine how to charge people on, you could potentially have lower insurance, uh, rates if you let the insurance company use AI to read your email for a while or to, or to scour your email for the past several years, categorize you into one of the buckets they determined was low risk. And now you pay lower insurance rates. See, I think this is really interesting, but I never buy insurance. So I don't know how is that going to be related to me, but the, 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 would, would people concern about uh, privacy though, if they have to read all the email, what if they have an affair with another mistress well well the emails Does that give them more the emails are, are never seen by humans it's just seen by right, software right, right, right. and and they never collect the emails they never store the emails anywhere right right so so what if that's that's uh that's a category or you, you know like ai is all based on statistic right yeah so what if they figure out the the statistic of if you have a mistress you're probably on high risk because your mistress probably going to do or, or your wife. Yeah, fatal attraction. You if, <laughs> somebody's going to kill you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then may I wonder if like oh the wife if the wife also on this insurance like she will f figure this out. She's like oh maybe that's why maybe he has mistress or maybe he is having a fray or something like that. I wonder if people maybe I think that is a problem of this. Uh, let's assume the privacy issue can be handled, but I think that's one issue. 
Right. I mean, to me, the only the main problem I see is uh, it comes from a regulatory point of view. I know that in some places, and I think part of uh, places the EU, there are some procedures where you cannot have a machine make a decision without uh, a human interaction. Right. Oh yeah, so, that's true in the U.S. too yeah. for like radiological tests. Like yeah, so, AI is better than radiologists for reading X-ray scans, but a human has to be involved. So okay, at the end of the day, the hu- a human could see what the AI's recommendation is, but the human actually has to decide. So let's say that's solved somehow. That's solved. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. With, with uh, privacy still intact, like let's just assume privacy can stay intact. Well, then I mean, uh, this is uh, somewhat of a um, just a slightly more advanced version of current uh, insurance, right? Because it's all based on statistics already. And you just right. have a model that is based uh, instead of, uh, you know, your age and stuff like that into uh, like taking information from a bunch of uh, text, right? So right. there's right. it basically seems like uh, quite a reasonable application. I feel uh, it would need to be like thoroughly tested because you need to show that there's actually some correlation between the you know the, let's say the emails and actually the 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 outcome of the uh, you know right. the payoff right. that the insurance we, company would have to give assuming there's the, some that seems reasonable yeah the statistics would have it's, to be really bulletproof yeah i wonder if it's 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 likely already done right i know that there are some uh, insurance companies that give out sort of like um like apple watches and stuff like that so they can monitor your um you know your activity and stuff like that. You know that's that's the same thing, right? Depending if you're more yeah. active, you're less likely to get a heart attack or whatever, despite the what happens on TV shows. So, and- so, so, so on that one, that's based on current science. Like we know, if you have a certain level of activity, you're less likely to be a medical risk than someone who just sits around all day, like me. Yeah. Right. But but <laughs> this would be this would have to require new and novel data, meaning. Like the you, you know, no one's ever like examined thousands of of people's email accounts before to to determine the effect of email on you know the words you use in email on on metaverse or you could even do this in a in a uh, with just social media like you analyze someone wants to sign up for the social media AI insurance and it analyzes all your tweets and and Facebook posts and other social media and determines if you're uh, 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 higher risk or lower risk yeah see I, I have a i have a see i i okay i mean ai is great and also don't really know how insurance uh requirement goes but i don't know if uh robin will agree with me on this like ai is all about numbers right but sometimes uh when humans look at the insurance sometimes we have emotions we're like okay maybe this person is really like dull like at you know the all-time low maybe we'll give them like a leeway or, or maybe give them more money. So if it's all AI based, maybe that would be, you know, like that would be discarded and it's all just about numbers. But to Paolo's point, it already is all about numbers. Like it's, all, yeah, I don't think that's how insurance numbers. works. Yeah. If oh, I so get that, a car that, and uh, I tell them, oh, I'm very sad. Can you give me a lower price? Like, you like know, Jay, if you're, uh, like Jay, like, let's just use, <laughs> let's just use common sense. Like if you're 70 years old right. and you want to get life insurance, is it going to be more expensive or less expensive than someone who's 20 years old? Right. It's going to be more expensive, right? Right. Because we know from statistics that someone who's 70 on average doesn't live as long as someone who's 20. But when they're claiming that the insurance, like, because based on the money you get back, right? And then if AI is calculating the money, then it's just a set amount of money. But if human were involved, it's like, okay. No, no, no. Humans are never, oh, you're really humans are never involved. I mean, yes. If 
if someone dies and then their family goes to claim the life insurance, there's an investigator who says, well, is the person really dead? How did they die? Were they negligent right, in some right, way? Right, they caused, right. you know, did they, did it fit the terms of the contract? But other than that, there's no human involvement. Right. So that, that pretty much just says how much I buy into insurance. <laughs> but if you have a family, you'll get insurance. I have, uh, yeah, in, in Malaysia, not here. So. <laughs> so for me, I think that this overall concept would make sense, but it, uh, it would be a good way to get one more data point for the company to base the decision on, you know, because they already have, uh, you know, uh, X amount of information. This is going to be the X plus one, right? Because uh, I also think it would be not simple, but possible to sort of reverse engineer it, right? If I know that the insurance company is going to check my email, then I'm going to say every single day, oh, I walked uh, five miles. I only had apples. I never eat sweets. I'm uh, the yeah. best person in the world, right? You can even generate some code that writes that automatically, goes into all of the emails, mess the system up, right? So yeah. a, an insurance company could not uh, let people, you know, uh, take advantage of them. So mm -hmm. I feel it, uh, the, this whole kind of um, the text analysis part would need to be just, you know, one more parameter that can be used. I think this is think the problem. Yeah. Like for instance, I would, you know, create another email account to send all my, hey, mistress, let's do some heroin tonight. <laughs> I would send all my emails in another account and not use the one that is linked to insurance. Yep. That's sure. good that yeah. you're exposing that. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> now Robin knows to put a key logger on, yeah. <laughs> on, keep track of all my emails. By the way, a guy who I used to be pretty good friends with, I just saw in the newspaper today, he got, he got convicted, he's guilty of uh, putting a key stroke logger on his wife's computer, his ex-wife's computer to spy on her. And so he got like um, a couple years of probation and a hundred hours of community service. And Was it Kanye West? No, not Kanye West. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible though. Well, yeah, but I yeah, do, I I do agree with with Paulo. That's the what that's the big problem with this. You'd have to figure out how to solve that, or maybe just use social media where people are not. Maybe there's a, a way to do it with social not media even rather that, than email. Right? Yeah, even then, that. Yeah. Uh, especially if someone could cheat it in the same way, right? If I know social mm -hmm. media is going to be uh, checked, uh, right? And then there's also the the other part. Uh, there's some information about the emails I send, but then the email that people send me, or the interactions in social media that people have with me. So you could think of a having some sort of cyber attack where I know I can uh, uh, negatively affect your insurance policy by sending you some sort of emails, right? Uh, I don't right. Know. That's okay. kind of like that's kind of like the thing that John, you know, since John is in cybersecurity, our son about um, where they send people to your house. Uh, swatting. 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 Yeah. I oh, have yeah. never heard of such a thing. That's so scary. So that's kind of like swatting. Really, by like email or something. Yeah, yeah. Like Some uh, swatting. It's a very famous thing. It's a common thing in gamer gamer industry. So I haven't been swat before. So hopefully, uh, we'll we'll talk about it some other time. Cybersecurity. Yeah. But um, okay. Here here's an idea. So two two ideas to this. One is okay. Instead of emails or social media, it's just uh, something something on your phone that's listening to all of your conversations like all day long, and you can't turn it off, and like you have to have it on for like a month or two before it makes a decision. 
works. Right. So there's like Alexa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> like, like, like tie in Alexa to insurance companies. And then another potential solution is, oh, how's this? You keep track of my phone and all the phones that are most commonly near me. So for instance, Robin's phone is commonly near me or, or my friend's phone are commonly near me. And then based on their insurance histories, you could determine my insurance risk. I don't think that's yep, a good that's, idea. I mean, that, that, that could be one idea. Because those are two idea. separate I mean, people. Yeah, but if I'm married to someone who's like a total drug addict, then I'm probably a slightly higher risk than someone who's right. not married to someone well, who's a total true. drug addict. Yeah. Or if yeah. all my then, friends yeah. are drug addicts, and the, or yeah. if all my friends have car accidents every day, then I might be more likely to have a car accident. Yep. Yep. Or if, the, if, you're com if your companion or your partner is a sociopath or whatever, you might, you know, your insurance might go up too. Yeah. But that happens anyway with car insurance, you know, with kids. So mm. if like, let's say our son gets in an accident, our, all of our insurance will go up. But what about child. all of his friends? No. So this, I'm, I'm including just everybody who I'm mm, around. That, that to me, I don't know. That's sort of like, I don't know. That doesn't. Sound I mean, like I think it should not be a deciding factor, but it should be part of it, right? Like, uh, yeah, like you're the average of the five people you uh, spend most of your time with, right? So yeah. in some ways, isn't that be, like social uh, proving or social? What do they call that now? Yeah, it's kind of like a social proof. If the if the five people I spend most of my time with get into car accidents a lot, I'm probably more likely to either be in an accident or myself get into car accidents. And part of the technology is being implemented already with all the COVID tracking. Both Apple oh, yeah. and Google oh, yeah. did it in yeah. such yeah. a way where all the interactions are supposedly anonymous. But yeah, yeah. Right. That's totally uh, right, by the way. Yeah. They're complete like COVID tracking. What's it called again? Um, uh, contact tracing. Contact tracing. The software for that does keep track of what phones you're around, and it, it notifies yep. you if you were around someone who had COVID. Supposedly, COVID, yeah. is the ideal of this technology. I've never but seen it in action. It never work. Well, yeah, I don't think it. In action. They also use um, the, it uh, was like used your in the credit UK. report. You know, hmm. like to determine if you're risk high risk. If you have good credit, they figure okay, here's a responsible person. Right. Yeah. Know. Yeah. And also, I think the, the other problem kind of insurance-wise with this uh, kind of uh, highly uh, mathematical um, well, or statistic models is that my understanding currently is that insurances are not meant to make decisions based on, uh, let's say, gender or uh, ethnicity, mm. right? But that's actually, it, you know, if you do statistics, it's likely going to be a factor, right? So I think that could be also a problem that would... Uh, go against it. Let's say mm -hmm. you could actually see that there's an extremely high correlation with the uh, results of the AI and the gender of the person, right? Then yeah, would that, that's a good uh, would point. that mean it's, uh, it get, you know, you'd get your insurance canceled, right? Right. Goddamn. AI so, is racist yeah. and sexist. <sighs> it's true though, because they say that women live longer than men. I mean, there's a lot of statistics that show different gender, you know. I think on gender though, they do look at the difference between men and women for insurance. I don't know if, I'm pretty sure that's legal, but I don't know for sure, I guess. Well, they have to, you know. I mean, it's legal. It's. I mean, they're not going to give men, like, you know, maternity, you know, OBGYN insurance. Right. Right? Because they're yeah. not going to have a baby. Yeah. Well, but I have to I have to do a predictions right here. I think in the few, in next five years or 10 years, Amazon's going to launch their own insurance based on AI and then it's based on Alexa. 
They, they will listen well, to the podcast maybe, and then they are like, "This is a good idea." And then, but that's what I'm like, saying. Maybe we implement the someone should implement the software that, yeah. like Amazon, again, they buy they buy a company a week, so they don't build most of the things they do. They buy. So yeah. you start a company like this, they'll buy it even if you don't have any customers. If it if it works, yeah. I have to say, Airbnb has changed my life. I just love staying in Airbnbs. Like in about a month, I'm going to Cocoa Beach, which is right next to Cape Canaveral. I'm going to watch some rocket launches. I'm going to, of course, be staying in a very nice Airbnb on the beach. And it's just such a great experience. Like the whole world is available to us now because of Airbnb. But whenever I'm at an Airbnb, I always realize, you know, I the home that I left to come to this Airbnb, I could be making money on that right now by hosting and and being an Airbnb myself. So, and I've known people, I had a friend who basically, you know, made a living from turning his home into an Airbnb. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you do have an Airbnb there. And it's an e- it can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I remember last year I was asked to go speak at the Norway Business Summit, and I was so excited because side by side with the Business Summit was the Norway Chess Summit, where I would get to see in person Magnus Carlsen, the best chess player ever, playing chess. But it was four plane rides, like to get to the city that ultimately I would go to. So I really did not want to fly for 14 hours. And they, they were willing to pay for everything for me. So I, I, at first class. So I didn't want to fly for 14 hours and not be first class. So I had to hurry up and get on the phone immediately to get those first class tickets to a chess tournament in Norway. And listen, this is just like when, you know, you have to know when you want the best of anything, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. And I did not want those seats to fill up. So it's like if you're hiring for your business, you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. I just was talking to a friend this morning where he was trying to decide between some programmers and he waited a little too long and both the programmers he was interviewing took other jobs, like great jobs. So, you know, what's the best way then to hire the best as quickly as possible? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast. And right now you could try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Just try it and see. You'll, you'll find out. So ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify the top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I know this because one time I signed up as an employee, potential employee on ZipRecruiter, and I got nonstop. Really, I was, even though obviously I wasn't looking for a job, I love what I do. But I just wanted to see what would happen because they were a, a, a sponsor of my podcast. And the most interesting 
jobs would pop up in my emails like, hey, you're qualified for this or that. And so it's interesting to see. So just just go there and try it. Try ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Amp up your hiring performance. Now, this is more for if you're hiring, but amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. All right, I'm going to go on to the next business idea. Here's an idea. So this is a big problem. College students graduate with an enormous amount of debt. And college tuition has gone up faster than inflation for 50 years in a row. Like, not just on average, just every single year, tuitions go up more than inflation. And so that's why the current kids going to college could have hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. Like, if you're not, like, at an in-state public college and you go to like just some random college out of your state that's a private university, you could have about $200,000 or more in debt by the time you graduate, which is very different from Europe. Like how much, how much student loan debt do you have? I have uh, none. And I think most people <laughs> Case have in none. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very different, especially, I mean, I can speak for uh, Italy where I did my undergrad, right? university, like going to college is, uh, you know, th- my fees that I paid were like maybe two, $3,000 a year. Oh my gosh. USD right? I think or, that should uh, be right. Huh. I think that a, sta- and, a country should yeah. pay for their, their, you know, re- their people. And, right. yeah. and so, basically all universities are the same. You know, any university you'd go to in Italy, it's two, 3,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same with Malaysia too. Same with so, England. So, so here's the thing in, in these cases, the government just pays directly, essentially the cost of the university. But in the U S the government lends 18 year olds who don't, who can't make proper decisions. They lend 18 year olds money and the 18 year olds have to pay back the government or the banks, the money that was, that they borrowed. And you can't even declare bankruptcy to get rid of this debt. That's the one debt that holds over even IRS that you could get rid of in a bankruptcy, but student loan debt. I think that's terrible. Cannot. So that's the problem, but here's a solution. So this is, this idea is a solution. I want to be able to IPO myself. So I want to be able to say, let's say well, I'm 22 years old. I'm going to put all of my income in a box. Like I'm going to make a corporation that gets all of my income each year. And I want to sell off to the public 10% of my future income for the next 10 years. So let's say on average, you think I'm going to make, on average, I'm going to make, let's say $50,000 a year for the 10 years after I graduate college, like maybe the first year, 30,000, then 40, then 50, then 60, and so on. I'm going to, I'm going to make, so I'm going to make in 10 years, 
half a million dollars. 10% of that is $50,000. And so you figure out what kind of return you want over 10 years. So maybe 10% of my future income for the next 10 years is worth $20,000 now. So anybody who invests $20,000 now over 10 years, they make $50,000. And that's like a reasonable, you know, that's something like, um, I don't know, 15% a year, something like right. that. But what is a student loan getting? Well, then you could decide to use that money however you, so you raise that $20,000 and you could decide to use that money however you want. I'm just IPOing myself to raise money. And, and you can use, you can implement this with crypto, obviously. So I could say, okay, I'm going to issue a million tokens and each token represents one, one millionth of 10% of the next 10 years of my income. And then people can trade on these DeFi exchanges. People could trade. They're doing their research. They see, oh, James just went, joined a really great law firm. Maybe the value of my tokens go up. And so people trade. It's like an, a new investment category. So right. I could bet on, or I could invest in, Not, uh, you know, yes, investing is betting, but I can invest in people all across uh, different industries and different genders and different this and that. And then I can keep, track of my portfolio of people and see who's moving up, who's moving down. And maybe I could buy and sell these tokens accordingly on a DeFi exchange. Right. And so it solves several problems. One, it gives investors a new investment category that might be unrelated to the stock market. So people are always looking for that. And it allows students who may be bogged down in debt to raise money early on. Like let's right. say someone graduates, uh, you know, Harvard business school, their future in 10 years income might be $5 million. And so, you know, they can command, uh, you know, they could raise m much more money than other people. So, you know, everybody has a different chance to, to raise some money and, or maybe someone can right. say, I'm going to give 30% of my next 10 years of income. So people could make their own deals. Right. So there's a good idea, but I always think that, you know, like a good idea will always create more, like it's good to have more problem after you create a good idea. You know, like two things that I can think of that might arise from this. Uh, in terms of problem is one, it might increase the uh, what's it called the, the income gap or or whatever the wealth gap. And so what happened is, let's say let's say James out of chair blah blah blah, and then your dad is Tom Hanks. Obviously your coins gonna go like go like get trade even more, so you would get more money off that. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. So so you're saying like the child of Tom Hanks will get more money for selling 10% um, of his next 10 years of future. Yeah, but the, he's not the person who's going to sell the his future income, right? That defies the purpose, yes. right? Yeah, people who are going to uh, kind of, uh, you know, sell off their future income is people who are actually going to need the money right now, right? There's no reason for someone who can pay off their money in full or has a lot of uh, kind of income or estate from their parents, you know, to get this uh, this loan. Because all we're thinking about is a loan, right? But that wouldn't stop people from getting more money, right? Because what's harm yeah, for but having that's, more uh, money? I, that's that's you know? not, I think that's just uh, how well, the world is, right? Uh, in, it's that's just how things are, you know. Just, yeah, yeah and, 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 and sorry to interrupt, Robin, oh, one second. Jay, in, in response also, it still gives lower income people the opportunity to raise more money yeah. than they otherwise would have. Yeah, it's probably there, the opposite. There, there I think it like... benefits more people with lower income, right? Who have uh, like uh, right. low low current opportunity, but kind of high uh, future promise, right? Because people are going to invest in, in the raw skills and uh, future of the person regardless of their current state. 
Like, like right. for instance, you know, like Kanye West, we, we just watched that, you know, his documentary. And think about it. Someone that is that talented, when you, when you know of somebody like that and you think, wow, I'm going to bet on him because people right. did. Uh, back right. then, and he had nothing then. And he like, had, he had nothing, zero. Right. and nobody was signing him to a record label. They didn't because he was because he was more like uh, his family was more middle class or suburban, and, right. and today he wasn't like a gangster. So they didn't trust that his he would get followers with rap. So people right. that are like, let's say on YouTube, that you know have some talent, they're they're new, <clears throat> and you see that they do have talent. They're aggressive. They're you know. Uh, they're just on target. You think, wow, this this is a person that's going to do well. I would right. bet on them. That's what right. I think this would be great for. I mean, it'd be great for college too, but it's also great for people that don't want to go to college that maybe have yeah. talent that you see, you know? I'm not saying that this, but I'm just saying that why people would see. Because like, okay, so the talent, that, that was a great point. But if you think about it, like how many talented people, but only one or two arise, but how many rich but already have connections people they they they, they wouldn't rise up as much as yeah all but the not other, necessarily but they don't have the drive right? they they're not hungry enough typically right. but, when they come right. from that families like that song. you need it, a, right. people that that succeed typically uh have triggered that sort of hunger to right. succeed when you when you typically see kids with you know from wealthy families they just don't have that hunger nothing was triggered for them to, to do right. it because they don't need to. Also, if you're an investor, I'm really looking for, you know, I don't care if some of these investments don't work out as well. I'm looking for the person who is buy low, sell high. Like, right. like maybe when Kanye West was 19 years old, buying 10% of his future income, maybe people valued that real cheap. Like, oh, he's only going to make X for the next 10 years. And then he ends up making like 300 million and I get a part of 10% of that. It's like buying a Bitcoin and, 10 years ago. Right, so right. like you want to kind of do the research and find out and build a portfolio of people who you think will right. exceed expectations. So really the key is not what income level they are from, but whether they're going to exceed expectations based right. on how they're valuing their future income potential right now or how the market right. is valuing their future income potential right now. Right. So the other thing is what happened if the guy just die? Well, you, you, everything works out. You, you, it didn't work out or or you could also well, like, so what happened to the money? Oh, it's it, it's it, you stop getting you stop getting money. You know that's uh, uh, that's why you're getting a high interest rate, right? Just because there's that's risk. Right. Yeah. If there was no risk, you wouldn't get a high interest. I think the only problem I right. see here is that, especially if this were to be done uh, on the blockchain or some with some sort of uh, NFT or tokenized thing, you know, uh, you can give the money in the first place, but you need a blockchain way to track the amount of money the person is going to make. Right. If I'm a uh, if I'm a regular employee at uh, uh, you know Procter and Gamble, they're not going to give me my salary on on a blockchain in Ethereum. Right. Mm -hmm. So there would need to be a another step, or other some person who yeah. gets the money in escrow, and then will do that. Right. There needs to be a third party because you cannot trust the person to do it themselves. That's right. Because I could right. pretend, oh, my salary is, uh, you know, 200K, but I'm actually making 300. And I'm that's not right. giving back as much. Right. So that's the kind of infrastructure part. There'd have to be some sort of validation part and some assume like assume. So this is a problem in it, but assume that can all be created somehow. And yes, blockchain yep. is definitely the way you'd have to implement this. And you'd want to implement that anyway on a, on like a blockchain like Ethereum so it could trade. So once 
the person quote unquote IPOs, the tokens can trade on a DeFi exchange. So I can buy from someone else. If I do my research and Jay doesn't think, you know, the future Kanye West is going to make any money, but I do because <laughs> I've listened to some of his albums. I can buy on a DeFi exchange, whatever tokens are available and Jay might be selling them to me. And it's just like an investor's market. So yeah, it would have yeah. to be done on blockchain. And this puts another an idea uh, where maybe companies start paying their employees on blockchain because it's it it helps with you know uh, the IRS. It helps the IRS understand what they've you know paid in. I mean that's that's kind of a, a another business idea is actually yeah. having. Well, so, some people are getting like like our our good friend Eric Adams, mayor of New York City, is taking his salary in crypto. But Bitcoin. I mean, just everything, like a company putting it on their own blockchains. Well, on top of that too, like, you know, the other thing they can do, like, you know, after IPO, you can like, hey, I'm 21 now, I'm going to airdrop some NFTs. You know, and then the NFTs could be have values too. It could be what their job's going to be, or it could be, this is my new car, and then just trade cars all Maybe day Maybe everyone long. just has their own, their own crypto, you know, currency, or they have their own, I guess, whatever you call it, what an NFT or whatever. So everything goes into that, whatever they buy, whatever yeah. they're okay. given, whatever Maybe. they're. I'm just assuming that can all be figured out. Like the core yeah. idea is kind of this so-called securitization of my future income. And yeah, I think blockchain is a way to. That's the chip that you're going to be put inside of you. Yeah, <laughs> that could be. So, right. so look, that's three ideas. I think if anybody wants to see the, the seven other business ideas that I made on that particular day, you can go to notepad.com, N-O-T-E-P-D.com and check out everybody's idea list, but you could search for Altature and NFTs and you could probably find where Altature and businesses, you could probably find that idea list. That's it. And let us know if you like this episode, check out notepad.com, N-O-T-E-P-D.com. Subscribe to this podcast and we're going to try to do these as much as possible because there's so many interesting idealists on Notepad. We can't keep track of them all, but this is a way for us to to share them and, and talk about them. So thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.